Amen. Amen. Can everybody hear me? All right. Amen. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Isn't it wonderful that all we need is His blood? All we need is Him. He paid the full price. There's nothing else we need to do in order to have salvation. Nothing but the blood washes away all of our sins. And it's so wonderful that we get to celebrate and uh, thank Him for that in, in communion. So I have a couple announcements before we go on. Um, so let me get this out so I don't forget them because I'm not the best at announcements, if you guys know. But I'll try to remember all of them. Okay, so first announcement. Uh, the first announcement is kind of a sad one. Um, maybe you know, maybe you don't know, but church camp, uh, youth camp and kids camp are both um, canceled for this year. So, so we're not going to be having um, teen camp or kids camp. And so if, you, if you've been around this church or IFCA churches for a long time, you know that camp is, is a very, very important and powerful time in a, in a kid or a, or a teen's life. But um, so what we want to do is, is something, right? Because we want to do something um, in July to help our young people, our kids and our youth um, experience God in a great way. So not exactly sure what we're going to do yet. We're talking about it. We're making plans. So we want to do something that they still can have, um, obviously not a church camp experience, but a God experience. Amen? Because it's important that when young people experience God in a great way, then they don't depart when they get older. So the camp itself is canceled, but we're going to try to do something um, in July. So if if God's putting something on your heart, say, you know, telling you, oh, this would, this is what God's speaking, let me know, and we can try to um, make something happen so that camp is maybe camp isn't happening but God's presence is still being revealed into the hearts and minds of our young people the next thing is the Good Shepherd outreach so on June 8th if you um, if you have in the past or if you can help we're actually going to be helping with the Good Shepherd um, soup kitchen on June 8th so we need five or six people to help um, cook, take the meals over, and serve the meals. So if that's your thing, um, I would love for you to come out. It's Monday. Um, let me know. I'm going to be talking to a few people individually, but if that's something that you have a desire to help with, let me know, um, and we can make that happen to help serve our community. Uh, next, this Tuesday, this Tuesday? No, sorry. It's next Tuesday. Next Tuesday is the kids' day out. This Tuesday is not. So sorry about that. See, I'm not the best at this, but God has grace, right? Um, and so, all right, next Sunday. If you didn't know, Mercer County goes green this coming Friday. And so things are going to be open more. And so the plan is to be able to gather back inside. And um, we have some things set up for help with anything, but the idea is we're going to be back inside next Sunday. So 
If you were wondering about this Sunday, it is definitely next Sunday. We're going to be back inside. Um, if you still feel like you would like to drive in, we will keep the radio thing working in the parking lot. Also, um, we're going to make sure that Facebook Live is up and running if you um, are not ready to come back into the building. But with that being said, I have nine rules, okay? So so if you know, there's a lot of churches that are starting to gather back in, inside, and so we're, we're, we're going to be gathering back inside. And so as I was praying about it this morning, I was like, well, wh- what can we do to make sure that... Um, People feel safe, people feel whatever, and, and people are ready to come back in because I know just because the, the government says it's green doesn't mean the hearts and minds of people are going to be ready. So I have nine rules for when we go back inside. And I'm not talking about certain things such as wash your hands that you may have known. So in Galatians 5, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. There's my rules. Can we handle that? Can we be in love? Can we show love to one another, whether people want to wear gloves, whether people want to wear masks, whether people want to do this, want to do that? Can we show love to each other? Can we have joy, knowing that if people feel comfortable or not feel comfortable, let's rejoice with them? Patience. If people aren't ready and they're slower than us, let's be patient with each other, knowing that we're all in different areas and we all want to serve God, but we're, we all need to be patient and kindness. Make sure that your face, your mind, your words, your actions is kind to one another. So if you, whatever it feels like, there's going to be no, um, no talk, no words, no thoughts. If there's a thought in your mind of, oh, I can't believe so and so, nope. That's from the devil. Get rid of it. Kindness. Spirit of kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Let's be faithful. Whether whether you're ready to come in or you want to watch online, let's be faithful knowing that God's presence is everywhere on the world. Everywhere we are, God's presence is there. Whether you want to be in the parking lot, in a building, at your home, Wherever you are, God's presence is everywhere. Let's be faithful knowing that his presence is with us. And be kind to people who don't make the same decision you do. Self-control and gentleness. Make sure we're gentle with each other and self-controlled. Because sometimes our our thoughts and sometimes our tongue can be before our thoughts. Let's be self-controlled with not saying things that may offend. Not saying things that may be hurtful. And if that happens, let's be faithful in forgiving. Let's be faithful in saying, you know what? That was kind of, you know, that wasn't very loving of me. Will you forgive me? Because it's important that if we follow these nine laws or these nine rules, against such there is no law. Against such there is no law. So if Pennsylvania is saying one thing, against such things there is no law. If we're following all nine of these. So those are my rules. Those are the rules that I believe if we're following when we get back into the church. So if so if if somebody is ready for a hug, give them a hug. If somebody's not ready for a hug, kindness and love. Because love can be a hug, but that can also not be love. 
So make sure if, if you're feeling like, I want to hug somebody, ask first. And say, hey, are you okay with this? Because some people may not be. And we want to show love and kindness to everyone inside the building. Does that make sense to everybody? Amen. Amen. I was, I was, I was hoping everybody would be okay with those, with those rules because I don't want to have a list of do's and don'ts that everybody has to follow. I want us to be mature, spirit-filled, spirit-led Christians who know the Holy Spirit is with us and the Holy Spirit is with each of us and we can show love and kindness and the rest of the fruits to each other. Amen. So I have one more announcement. Um, If you don't know, Robin and I put our house back on the market um, last Friday. And so this Friday, we actually signed a contract and it is being sold. Amen. So, yeah, we have a buyer and uh, the amazing thing or maybe crazy thing is they're trying to settle June um, 25th, I believe it is, which Everybody is kind of like, I think that's not possible, but with all things, God, with all things, let me try that again. With God, all things are possible. Amen. So yeah, it's a wonderful thing. We have a buyer. We're, we're excited. So we're getting ready and things are going to move quickly, but God is faithful. God is going to put everything in line. He's going to make everything happen and we know that it will work. And, um, yeah, so keep praying that the inspections and all the stuff goes through well. And let me tell you, it was a full price offer also. Amen. So we actually, for those of you who may have been praying for, um, for multiple offers, we did actually have two offers on Friday. Um, praise God. So, but yeah, so we got a full price offer and God is amazing and he is wonderful. So we've been talking about miracles and there is a miracle in that because last time when we put the house on the market, it did not go as well and it was frustrating. But God's timing is always perfect. All right, I'm going to use this thing. Oh, no, I just dropped Megan's picks. I'm sorry. Whoops. <laughs> Amen. So we've been talking about miracles uh, for the past about a month, and we've been looking at Elisha and what God did in his life, and so um, it's been good. And it's great that we can experience miracles all the time. And so today, if you don't know, today is Pentecost Sunday. Um, and so, as many in the church believe, this is the day that that the church was born or was founded, and as people who believe in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, this is the day that the Holy Spirit rained down with fire and power for those um, in that upper room, as I mentioned before. Oh. Taking a long time to load. Sorry about that. So, what I want to talk about today is I'm going to be starting a series called Into the Depths. And so I, I think it's important that we, that we recognize that when, when we want to grow deeper into our relationship with God, sometimes it takes jumping in. 
you know, when, when, when kids are growing up, right, there's this idea of, of, of helping kids swim, right? And, and so there's, there's some parents that, that are in the shallow end and they're like holding them up and, and helping them swim. Then there's other parents who just go over to the deepest part and they're just like, go and hope they don't die. They just throw them into the depths of the water. I don't know what, you know, which one you were. It doesn't really matter. But God has something for all of us. And sometimes when we, when we're, Looking at who the Holy Spirit is, sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves and not rely on Him to just take us where He wants us to go. So, I'm going to be starting this series all about the Holy Spirit. We're going to be looking at um, some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to be looking at um, who the Holy Spirit was in the Old Testament, where what, what He was doing, and what what was happening through the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament a little bit. We're going to look at the New Testament and who the Holy Spirit is and who, when, what he's doing and how that relates to you. Because the Holy Spirit is still moving. The Holy Spirit is still um, connecting with all of us in, in great ways. Sometimes we don't realize it. And on Wednesday nights, um, on Wednesday nights, we're going to be talking about well, we started last week talking about uh, the God I never knew. And so it's all about the Holy Spirit also. So the Holy Spirit is what we're going to be focusing on. This being the, the day that we celebrate 2,000 years ago, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit onto all men, not just the prophets, as we were talking about uh, the past few weeks, but onto all men. Well, I'm going to turn this on because for some reason that's not working at all um, for my notes. So turn my phone on and look at that. Okay. All right. So Pentecost Sunday. Sorry about that. I'm like, I don't know why. I just have a black screen up here. So yeah. But Pentecost Sunday. So if you know uh, A.W. Tozer, he said uh, in, in his book, Receiving the Holy Spirit, he said, we receive him by faith as we receive the Lord in, in salvation by faith. He comes as a gift of God to us in power. He first comes in some degree and measure converted. Otherwise, we cannot be con- converted. Without him, we cannot be born again, but we are born of the Spirit. But I am talking about something different now, in advance over that. I am talking about coming and possessing it the full. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for how good you are. Father God, I ask, Lord Jesus, that you, that you show us your, your truth, Father God, through this message, Lord Jesus. Lord, I ask that you you minister hope and peace, Father God. Holy Spirit, rain down and speak to the hearts and minds and lives of everyone here, Lord God, because we know that you are the you are the truth. You're the one who helps us. You're the one who keeps us in all peace. Thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to be looking at um, the middle of the story, essentially. This morning, we're starting the series off in the middle because um, 
after this, we're going to be looking at different places we find the Holy Spirit and how that applies to you. But today, we're going to be looking at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit because it is Pentecost. So, the Holy Spirit. And I know there's a lot of different denominations and a lot of different ideas and um, concepts about the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to really get into any of that today because um, we are a Pentecostal church. And so I'm going to be speaking from the point of view that we believe that the Holy Spirit is still moving today. Uh, that, that, that the gifts are still in action and are happening today. Whether it's healing, prophecy, speaking in tongues, um, faith, all of these things are still evident and relevant today. Okay, so, amen. So I'm not going to be um, persuading you that these things are true or not today, because I'm going to be speaking from the point of view that they are. And so I'm going to talk about, um, before I get into Acts 2, so if you know the story of, of Pentecost, you know it's from Acts 2 when uh the tongues of fire came down and rested upon them, right? And they began speaking in tongues. But before I get into that, I want to look at the difference between these two words, by and with. Okay? Two simple words, by and with. And I feel like a lot of times we, we have um, not really recognized why it's important to understand the difference between by and with. And so I want to look at... Um, who is the baptizer? Okay, and so I'm going to be getting into the idea of the three different main baptisms that we believe in and why those three baptisms are so important. And if you have not experienced all three, it's very important that you experience all three. Okay, so the first one, if you turn in your Bibles to Matthew 3, 11. So this is John the Baptist, and so John the Baptist is our first baptizer, and he said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry or untie, different translations. He, meaning Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay, so... So John the Baptist is a is a guy, right? He's he's the last prophet. You don't count Jesus as being God and prophet. He's the last prophet, and so he's prophesying that after him is going to be one who is greater than he, and he is not even worthy because he's baptizing in water physically for repentance. But after him there will be one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So he's pointing this out. And so Paul writes that, um, he writes about the Holy Spirit. He says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, For we all, we were all baptized by one Spirit, so that to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, there were all given the one Spirit to drink. Okay? Paul's pointing out something else. So, first baptizer is John the Baptist, a, a, a minister, a prophet, kind of like me, right? A pastor, a teacher, that kind of perfect person. 
who baptizes with water. And why do we do that? As a symbol of repentance. And so who is the one who baptizes you into the family of God? Paul says, we were all baptized by one spirit. The Holy Spirit is the baptizer of each of us if we have accepted Christ. So we have two baptizers right now. And there's two different different forms of baptism so far. We have two baptizers. And if you remember and from John the Baptist's words, the third baptizer is Jesus. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit baptizes, Jesus baptizes, and people baptize. Three different baptisms that are all very important. And you can probably tell me what those three were. Right? There's water baptism. And so water baptism is a symbol of, uh, it's an outward expression of what is happening in your heart. And that is done by a physical person. There is baptism of new birth. And that is done by the Holy Spirit into the family of God. And that's when the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, right? And so there's, um, the Holy Spirit resides in all of us so that we all become one spirit. Holy Spirit baptizes. And then there's a third baptism. And this is the one that I want to spend time on. The Holy Spirit is the one, no, excuse me, Jesus is the one who baptizes us for that third baptism. And if you haven't experienced that third baptism into or by the Holy Spirit, it's an important baptism. And if you haven't experienced it, it does not mean you're not saved. But it's an important part of growing in your faith. So three baptizers and three different types of baptism. And so it's important that um, we, we look at the, the purposes of these different baptisms. Right? So, so water baptism is the public declaration of the spirit baptism, essentially. Right? You, you, have, you have said, Lord Jesus, please forgive me. You've repented of your sins. You have decided to turn away from what you were doing before and put your life completely into, uh, you know, you've jumped in. You've jumped into the deep end. You've said, you know what, I'm going to fully submerge myself into what God's love and redemption and grace has for me. I'm going to not turn back to what I've been doing. I give myself to him. And that's what happens in your heart, right? In your heart and your mind. You, You have become a follower of Christ. You have become one with the body of Christ, and you are part of the family. Amen. Family. And then water baptism is your outward per, is your outward physical expression of that. And then the third baptism can only take place after the first one. Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit and with fire. With the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so when it when a person is baptized by Jesus with the Holy Spirit for the purpose of power, spiritual fruits, and spiritual gifts, in order that we can witness, in order that we can share, in order that we can grow, right? Because they all have a purpose. One baptism is so you can go to heaven one day. You're, you're safe, you're secure, your sins are forgiven. Another baptism is so that you can share with your new family that you have made that commitment. 
and so they can see it. The third baptism is for you to be a powerful, empowered witness. With these fruits that we talked about earlier, these fruits of the Spirit, these gifts of the Spirit, or benefits, as we, as he shared on Wednesday. So on Wednesday, he's talking a lot about the Holy Spirit, too. We're, we're actually, it's a video series, so if you don't feel like you're ready to come in either, it will be posted on Facebook, and you can watch the video series for Wednesday nights also. But the benefits of the Holy Spirit... Not that certain people are better than others, right? Because we're in the Holy Spirit. Love, self-control, kindness. Let's not look at anybody who is better or worse or whatever. If you've experienced one, two, three baptisms and other people haven't. Not better or worse. Love, kindness, and gentleness and self-control. But there's always more that God has for you. So if you haven't experienced them, God wants to do something new. And that's what he was doing 2,000 years ago with the people in that upper room. So, we, we see that um, we see that these three baptisms were all taking place. And the third one being the day of Pentecost. And then in John, um, four, uh, excuse me, John 16, 7 through 9, it says, But verily I tell you, it is good for you that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, helper, comforter, counselor, whatever your translation may be, the advocate, the person who is there with you, if you have accepted Christ, he is there helping you, speaking to your heart, speaking to your mind, helping you, advocating for you will not come. Okay, so Jesus is saying, unless I leave, he won't come. But if I go, I will send him to you. I will send him to you. Remember, Jesus is the baptizer because Jesus is the one who can baptize in spirit. When he comes, he will prove to the world he will prove he will prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment and about sin because people do not believe in me. The Holy Spirit is the one who convicts. The Holy Spirit is the one who shares hope in that conviction. A lot of times we look at conviction and and judgment as, as bad things. In relation to the hope that we can have because we know we are sinners, because we, we know we've messed up. He's the one who says, yeah, you've messed up, but you know what? I'm not going to leave you there. I'm going to help you move further. There's always hope from the Holy Spirit. It's important that we recognize that. Receiving the Holy Spirit. So, after his resurrection, Jesus was with his disciples and, and he appeared to them, all except Thomas, and Thomas gets a bad rap. I like Thomas, if you don't know. He's real cool. Um, I like Thomas a lot. Poor guy. Everybody makes fun of him, calls him doubting. But he's a great guy. And I believe it's very difficult for us to see... Sorry, I'm kind of ranting. I'm kind of off topic. But But if all of your friends say, hey, Jesus appeared to us, and he's been dead, but he appeared to us, and he did something, wouldn't you be a little bit upset? That you weren't there and you got you didn't get to experience that kind of connection with Jesus. 
Anyway, don't blame Thomas. He's a good guy, and he's just a real person like all of us. He messed up. We messed up. Forgiveness. So, but Thomas wasn't there, but the rest of them were there. And so Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And it's important that we understand that that it's Jesus who's the one who's saying, receive the Holy Spirit. Do we want more from Jesus? Do we want to see Jesus doing something in our world, in our lives? It's not just for us, but it's for everyone. Receive the Holy Spirit. So he breathed on them. And that was the beginning of the baptism that he was giving them into the Holy Spirit. And so, at this point, Jesus had died, rose again, and Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit. What were they receiving? They were receiving salvation. So it's a little bit, some people say that was the birthplace of the church. Other people say it was Pentecost. It doesn't really matter. Either way, we can see that there is the, he is speaking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the baptizer into the family of God. When he said that, the disciples officially became his brothers in the body of Christ. They had received the Holy Spirit. So if somebody, if somebody comes to Christ, repents, and, and ask Christ to come into their life, the Holy Spirit resides in them. But there's more. But there's more. Shortly after that, in Acts 1.8, Jesus said right before he ascended, he said, but you will, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and all of Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was inside of them. And then Jesus is pointing out that there is another baptism. And when we talk about baptism, it's not about sprinkling, but baptism is, is from the Greek word baptismo, and it means to submerge. It means to go fully in, to be covered with, soaked, drenched, fully covered. So there was another thing coming that Jesus was promising them. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And so if you remember, we were talking a lot about Elisha and, and the prophets for a while, right? And so the prophets were in the Old Testament, and so the, the Holy Spirit had not been poured out onto all men. Your young men will dream dreams, your old men will see visions, your but the Holy Spirit hadn't been poured out like that, that yet. But the Holy Spirit would come on people or upon people. And so King David, too, he would, he would play, his, um, play his instruments. And the Holy Spirit came upon him and he prophesied. And he, he wrote a large part of the Bible. The Holy Spirit would come upon people or on people. And then Jesus said, there is going to be something on you. Do you want something that shows God's power on you all the time? Because it's in you. Amen. It may be in you, but if it's in you, it may be hiding. It may not be there for the world to see. On you to be my witnesses. That doesn't mean just talking, right? Because later on we know that, that Peter got up there, you know, and, and, and he said, I don't know Jesus to a little girl. And then, then he had boldness and courage and he got up there and he talked to thousands. Not just about that, but on you. 
If you're wet, do people notice? Can people see that you're wet? It's on you. Right? You get out of pool, you're drenched. Maybe your hair looks a certain way. It doesn't look like Little Mermaid. You know, there's those pictures that are like, that's what it would really look like. But it's on you. And so, um, an analogy actually that Robin told me the other day, she said it wasn't her thoughts, but God told her. There's a difference between drinking and being submerged, right? And so, when, when you become a Christian, it's like you, you, you take a cup of living water and you drink it. And that living water is inside of you, right? Isn't it important to have water inside of you? Water inside of you helps you live. Water inside of you gives you life. You, you, you need it for your whole body. And that's just like how it is when we become Christians. We need that living water inside of us all the time so that we can live, so that we can have safety knowing that heaven one day is going to be our home. And right now, right here, the living water will take care of us. I could go 40 days without eating because I know the living water will take care of me. Living water. So if you take a drink of water, you'll live. But if you jump or dive into a pool, you'll be covered. Do you want to be covered by the living water? Do you want to be fully submerged all the time, knowing that God's presence isn't just slightly here and slightly in your thoughts and you, and in your in your uh, ear, but all around you all the time because he is all around us. And do we want to accept him as something greater and not just say, oh yeah, you know, God's around. I can see his beauty in creation and, you know, he speaks to me sometimes, but sometimes it's a little bit hard to hear his voice. Do you want to be fully so submerged that all you can hear is him because you're so fully submerged? Sorry about that. I got real excited and knocked this off my face. Amen. But the Holy Spirit wants to uh, be a be an advocate for you all the time. The Holy Spirit has something that He wants to do with you. And so, just like the third bap, you know, right? Just like if you're being baptized in water, you go all the way in, right? So I I did a baptism. Uh, in September with some of our young, uh, young kids, you know, young people, some of the kids in our church. It was great. And you, you dunk them and they're like freaking out because they're a kid. But being fully submerged into the power and presence of the Holy Spirit all the time. Because in doing that, people will see your fruits. People will see your gifts. Do you want those nine fruits to be evident in your life easily? Or do you want to work at it? Oh, man, this love thing is real hard. Sometimes I just want to... Right? No, let's, let's show love because the Holy Spirit is so mightily and powerfully on us all the time, covering us, submerging us all the time with his presence that we can't help but show love and kindness and gentleness and patience to everyone around us and in our own hearts and minds because sometimes it's our own minds that we're at war with the most. So it's the difference between drinking of the living water and being fully submerged all the time in the living water. 
Like I said, it's not that one person is not a Christian, the other person is a Christian. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm not saying this person is a better Christian, that person's a worse Christian, or whatever. There's just more that God has for all of us. And so if we want to experience God to the full, just draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. If we want to draw near to God in all that we do, the baptism into the Holy Spirit is not weird, it's not crazy, it's not just Pentecostal. It happened on Pentecost. It was the first one. But it's for all Christians. All Christians. Because it has to come after salvation. It can't be before salvation. It has to be after. Alright. Now, Acts 2, verse 1. We're finally at the, the correct thing. So Acts 2, verse 1 through 4, it says, When the Holy Spirit came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly the sound like a, blow, like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house. Okay, what's happening? A violent wind filled the whole house. So what have I been saying? Covered. Fully covered. Fully filled. Fully submerged. The whole place was physically, because of the sound of the violent wind, it was filled the whole place. The whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So a lot of times we talk about being spirit-filled. There's nothing wrong with that. right? It says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But that word filled uh, can also be translated as, as fully supplied. We want to be fully supplied with, with what God is saying. It's actually the word plato in the Greek. And it means furnished, accomplished, Filled or supplied. The idea here is that it's to the max. Right? People used to say, cranked to 11 when they're talking about like rock music, right? It only goes up to 10, but it's cranked to the max. Fully, fully supplied and fully furnished. Now close your eyes real quick. I want to give you an example of what I'm talking about. Okay, so close your eyes and imagine you have a super nice, beautiful house. Okay, maybe it's your current house. Maybe it's something else. But very nice. It's clean. It's perfect. It's the perfect size. It's the perfect color. There's no nicks in the wall. There's nothing old. It's exactly the way you want it. Everything about this house is perfect and clean, and beautiful. You don't have to take care of it. It is just there. It is just wonderful. And every emotion inside of you just says, I love it here. I can't believe it's something that I get to have. I just love it, and I just don't want to leave. I just can't imagine anything better. And then you're thinking to yourself, you know what? 
this amazing house, I, I should share it with my family and my friends and everybody around me. I should share it because they're going to love it too. Maybe they could, maybe they could come here too and we could have a party and we could have a great time because it's perfect, it's the perfect size, perfect colors, perfect everything. And then you look around and you see one chair and the rest of the house is empty. One chair for you to sit in. But it's perfect. The rest of the house is empty. That's how it is when we come into the body of Christ. But then when we're baptized into the Holy Spirit, then the house is furnished. Everything you need. You can open your eyes now. I don't know if anybody's closing your eyes still, but... But everything you need, that house, that beautiful, perfect, colorful, wonderful house, that the perfection that you see in your heart is not furnished. It's good. And it's wonderful. And it'll get you there. It's great for you, personally. You'll get to heaven. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's not furnished. There is more that you need There is more that God wants to do so that you can share that. When you have a beautiful house or a beautiful car or whatever it is, not a car, a beautiful house, if you don't have it furnished with beautiful things, you still might be embarrassed. You still can't have people over. You still can't feel like you can share it with the world because it's not furnished. And this word Plato, that's translated filled with the Holy Spirit, can also mean furnished. They were furnished with the Holy Spirit. Furnished. Do you wanna do you wanna live in just enough? Do you wanna live in well I'm good enough? Well I'm gonna get to heaven. Well it doesn't matter because it's fine. Or do you wanna live a life that is fully fully supplied, fully furnished by what God has for you. Because He'll do it. The Holy Spirit will furnish your spiritual house. When He does that, He will fully supply and fully cover and be there with you the whole time. It's important that we recognize that. That when when we have something great like God's word, like salvation, like forgiveness of sins, nothing but the blood, take away the sins, and that's true. But nothing like the Holy Spirit that can furnish us for a lifetime of power, a lifetime of fruits, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, a lifetime of hope, a lifetime of love, a lifetime of gifts, of, of, of prophesying, of, of speaking into people's lives. You, you want me to use a different word? If, if, that's not some, if you don't like the word prophecy or, or whatever, speaking into people's lives, sharing, giving hope, giving joy, giving all these things. If you want to be a person that, that, that gives great advice, Holy Spirit will let you prophesy that into people's lives. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge. Isn't that just good advice? You could call it that. It's not just, it's not weird. So if you never experienced that, I want to I pray with you today because it's not, 
It's not me. It's not you. It's the Holy Spirit. Just like when you're when you're being water baptized, right? You could do it yourself, but that would just be falling in the water. But it's not me holding someone down. It's just me saying, you know what? I'll just guide. There, look. The water does it. The Holy Spirit is the one who does it. And it's important that we recognize that. Not me. Not anybody else. The Holy Spirit is the one who baptizes. Excuse me. It's it's Jesus who's the one that baptizes into the Holy Spirit. So that you can have this new perspective. New joy. Overwhelming peace in troubled times. How was Paul so happy when he was in prison? He had the Holy Spirit, right? Love, joy. The fruit of the Spirit of joy can be yours. And joy is not happiness. Joy is not, everything is fine. Joy, contentment, knowing that God will always overcome. And that I am safe and taken care of because he is God. And I will trust him. It doesn't matter if things are bad or good. Joy can be in all situations. Do you want that this morning? Do you want to be so engulfed or connected or submerged or whatever word you want to term with the Holy Spirit is just on you, furnished by, into the Holy Spirit? I'm going to spend some time praying um, with people very soon. I want to close with um, A.W. Tozer from the same book, Being Baptized with the Holy Spirit. He says, The the Spirit-filled life is not special, not deluxe edition Christianity. It is part and parcel of the total plan of God. A lot of times we can look at this idea of, of, of being spirit-filled and, and Christian as, as different tiers of Christianity. It's not special. It's just another part. Do you want more of God? And then so, after you experience the new birth, and, and, and if you haven't experienced the first baptism into the family of God, I would love pray with you about that too because it's important that we that we look at all of the different aspects of this and then so you're baptized into the family of God and then after that happened Peter got up after he was filled and and baptized into the holy spirit we we see that the rest of the people there also felt and experienced the holy spirit Not just the disciples who were in the upper room, but all of the people who were there experienced the Holy Spirit on that day. And not after Peter, Peter, um, not just because he was preaching by the Holy Spirit, but what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit comes to convict or convince the world of sin. So what happened? Peter got up and he shared a beautiful message about the Holy Spirit coming down and about Jesus. And then what happened after that? The people asked Peter, what must we do? 
Jesus was on the earth for a long time. Did anybody ask him that question? What must we do? What does the Holy Spirit do? It convicts the world of sin. So they were experiencing the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit before they became followers of Christ. The Holy Spirit is the one who leads. The Holy Spirit is the one who who is with us. So if, if we're fully immersed in the Holy Spirit, others will feel it. Others will feel that 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 love, that joy, that conviction, that those things in our hearts. They asked, what must we do? Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, your children, and for all those who are far off, for all whom the Lord God will call. And that right there is why we believe that the Holy Spirit uh, and the gifts and the fruits are for today. Because it's for your children and all those who are long off. That means us. It's only been 2,000 years, but I feel like it hasn't been, you know, too long to call us long off, right? Or far off. The Holy Spirit is for today. The Holy Spirit is moving. And the Holy Spirit is always near us, whether we know him or not. But if you don't, if you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, so that presence and that power is in you and working through you all the time, I'd love to pray for you. And if you haven't experienced the baptism into the body of Christ, and the Holy Spirit is not inside of you, uh, giving you new life, I would love to pray with you. Um, Or... Evan, who's also going to pray. And if you've, if you've experienced both of those, I just want to pray with you for any reason. So what we're going to do uh, for the remainder is, um, if you guys would come up, um, we're going to walk around, and so I'm going to start on one side, he's going to start on the other side, and we're just going to come to each car, and everyone in the car, if you have a prayer need, or if you need salvation, or if you need more of the Holy Spirit, just let us know, and we would love to pray with you for that. And remember, it's not me, it's not him, it is the Holy Spirit who does the work. It's the Holy Spirit who does the baptism into uh, of salvation, and it's Jesus who does the baptizing into the Holy Spirit. So I'd ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this time. We ask, Lord God, that you you help us to have open minds and open hearts, Lord Jesus. Father God, thank you that your will be done. Thank you so much that your Holy Spirit is moving and is using each of us. We ask, Lord God, that you minister to the hearts and minds of everyone here. In Jesus' name, amen.